Welcome to the second of two podcasts for the Firestarter Wales Festival, brought to you by Business News Wales and the Wales Cooperative Centre. I'm Catherine Evans and I'm joined by a panel of guests to talk about the critical role social businesses play in delivering innovative, person-centred services in Wales. We're also going to be exploring how we can maximise social value from public sector procurement. So I'm going to start by asking each of you to introduce yourselves and say which organisation you're from. Hi, I'm Michelle Reid. I'm the Chief Executive of Merthyr Valley's Homes. We are a social business based in Merthyr Tydfil and we own and manage uh, 4,000 homes across Merthyr. Hi, I'm Rhian Edwards. I'm the Commercial Director for the Wales Cooperative Centre and I work particularly with public sector and private sector businesses to look at ways in which they can engage more social businesses within their supply chain through our Social Business Connect consultancy service. Hi, my name is Louise Watkins. I'm a contract manager at Transport for Wales. Uh, Transport for Wales is a wholly owned subsidiary of the Welsh Government and providing the network of transport within Wales. Um, Good morning, my name is Beverly Downs. I am the Marketing and Communications Director at the Development Bank of Wales and we're an SME investor, so this is very relevant to us. Great, welcome everybody. I'm going to start just by asking each of you how you would define social value. It's one of the sort of buzzwords um, of the day, if you like, but just for the benefit of our listeners and for my own benefit I'd like to know what you all understand by social value and social values. Rian can I start with you? Yeah and I think it's quite interesting because Wales doesn't have a defined definition of social value Um, and I think social value is um, something that's quite personal to every organisation. I mean from my perspective it's about making Wales a more prosperous place and particularly from economic development it's about local economic development keeping wealth within Wales to benefit the people in Wales and I think giving people a fair and equal opportunity to find ways of enhancing and improve their lives Um, and from my perspective social enterprises that are definitely um, provide services to give people those opportunities. How about you Michelle? I think um, as Rian says it is um, down to what you as a business and uh, your uh, constituents really feel about that at at Merthyr Valley's Homes we're a staff and tenant owned mutual one of Wales's first mutual so we have a very shared definition across the organisation of what we mean by by social value Mm. Um, so our tenants and staff have defined what's important in our context uh, together and they are things like making sure that we're you know maximising the the Merthyr pound if you like and making sure that we're supporting local uh, businesses the local economy the foundational economy um, because we're a housing organization obviously people want us to build more homes to house more people in need um, but it's about we're all used I think to working within a value for money framework but I think we're kind of evolving into more of a values for money framework now and I think lots of people are catching up with that agenda so we have defined what we expect from our contracts and what what they um, what we want them to deliver for the communities that we uh, that we operate in Um, but I think everybody will have a slightly different slightly nuanced version of social value I don't think one size fits all. How about you Beverly does that sort of description fit with what you're doing at Development Bank of Wales? 
Yeah, <clears throat> interesting for us. Um, we don't procure a lot. So we're, we're not quite the same as um, a housing association or a local authority that, that buys a lot of goods and services. Um, we're quite early, I think, in our journey of defining what it means for us as a business. And I think probably where we have made more progress is um, on how we think the businesses we invest in um, drive social value and, and how we measure that and, and evidence that. And I think... Um, that is something now that we're looking a bit more inwards to our own policies and practices and, and really trying to understand the areas in which we can make a difference and try and define it. Because I do think that definition is is really important. And I, I, th- I think there's a real movement in business of wanting to do good beyond driving profits or um, just being a good employer, although that is obviously very valuable in its own right. But that process of defining what it means to an individual business, I think, is really critical. Louise, you work with Transport for Wales. So what does social value mean to you and and your organisation? So yes, at Transport for Wales, we need to comply with the Wellbeing of Future Generations Act. And of course, within that, there are seven key goals, um, building a more prosperous Wales, resilient Wales, there are a number of, of others, including global responsibility. And I think, again, given the projects in which we're working on, obviously the infrastructure projects, is making sure that that sustainability criteria is built into all of our procurements and making sure that we have a responsible procurement strategy. Um, Some initiatives that we've taken on board, I think the collaboration and consultation of society is important just to make sure that what we are building as a transport for Wales and the integrated network meets society's needs and wishes. Um, We do have a a station social and commercial development plan. We're looking to engage with obviously societies using some of the disused or redundant spaces within stations and bringing those a bit more to life. and of course, we uh, within October, we are moving to Pontypridd. So again, it's building the the local um, business environment in, in, in Pontypridd as well. So yeah, certainly the I think the collaboration and the consultation of society and everything that we do and in terms of our strategy, in terms of our placement, seeks to address that as well. And I think, and I think um, so at the Wales Cooperative Centre, we do a lot of work with the Wellbeing of Future Generations Commissioner and, uh, and her office. And particularly in relation to procurement, we know that Transport for Wales has been flagged up as being an example of best practice, particularly when you did the procurement of the franchise and how you modelled that procurement exercise very much around the Wellbeing of Future Generations Act, which I think is fantastic considering you're a new organisation and how you can evidence how you've embraced the act from your very kind of start, really, as an organisation. I think we're really lucky in Wales as well that we have that piece of legislation because yeah. certainly it is almost the, 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 the foundation of people's business plans now going forward. It's certainly in our business plan and they are very, very good, um, you know, outcome-based, big picture f- um, kind of goals to achieve, aren't they? And, and, and that almost leads you to looking at how you can do more good if you like in in all of the money that we're, we're spending and um, the ways in which we're contracting with people as well so it's a it's a fantastic um framework to work in that i think the other countries of the uk would do well to to kind of look at and perhaps replicate yeah and interestingly i do hear people outside of wales referring to the act mm-hmm. and the commissioner and saying that actually we are fortunate in wales that we do have that because it does mean that there is at least a starting point for everybody i mean it, the, the priority that we all place on the de- seven different strands will vary from organization to organization and where we can have impact but i think the other nations are quite envious really that we do have that in yeah. wales and that there is a 
at least a starting point of a common understanding for us to work from. I think that's a, a quite a good um, link into opportunities really for mm. social enterprises and you know certainly um, I'm not sure at the moment if you know certainly there are no doubt um, actions being taken and progress being made in having a almost like a central catalogue I suppose of social enterprises that are most local what is it that they do um, so like you know organizations such as us transport for Wales that we are engaging with yourselves Rian, and you know business connect Wales looking at what um, social enterprises in particular can bring to us and how best they can place themselves for our procurement activities it's just if we have that kind of visibility and transparency of what they can offer I think every single business will benefit from that yeah. both buyer and seller it's quite interesting we when we speak to the social business sector there is a sense of frustration that they perhaps don't see the visibility of opportunities coming through but then actually when you speak to my clients who are obviously buyers who are looking to engage with social businesses there are no issues in terms of negative perceptions of the sector it's just it's just that they don't know who they are and they don't know what services they can provide so obviously we're trying to work at that in terms of our kind of brokerage service but there is perhaps an onus on the social enterprise sector as well to think about how are they marketing themselves are they are they truly marketing not just the social value that they can they can bring but are they actually properly marketing the business to business services that they can provide and enhancing that visibility and i think that is absolutely critical really because they are in a competitive we're all in a competitive environment and i, I you know th there are lots of barriers not just for social enterprises but for smes in participating in that public sector supply chain and it it, it it's tough um and I, I do think that social businesses, um, when we do assess social businesses, actually they are very competitive um, when you get under the surface of it, but how can we support those smaller businesses particularly to be able to bid competitively and, and, and really compete with, with those purely commercial providers because they do bring something more than just the commercial aspects that they can deliver on the contract and how can we support them to make sure that they are leveraging the social aspects of what they do and to give them that edge in that bidding process and i think that's part of the building blocks of of moving from where we are now to to where we want to be as well because i think rianne's been very kind about you know the majority of her clients think this well most of the people coming to you rianne have already taken that first step in their thinking um and you know they want to build more social value build more social value into um into their business but they're still a, like a, a mystique around the process of procurement for much of the business that that is out there and i think one of the first building blocks to move in towards where we want to be is 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 that notion of respect for social enterprise because it's still seen in some you know very key areas it's still seen as us helping out you know the social enterprise sector and being kind and you know yes we could get this contract cheaper somewhere else but actually we really want to you know almost um, signal our worthiness by by going to the social enterprise there's still a big job to be done and sometimes there's there's that strategic and operational disconnect mm. you know so we have to bring you know the chief executive might want to stand on a platform and say oh yes we we operate with social businesses and aren't we brilliant but the people who are you know, trying to pull those procurement, um, uh, you know, processes together, if they haven't been almost given the permission to look at social as something great and build social value into the, the, the actual, you know, marking of that procurement and to make sure that we're engaging with social businesses way in advance of 
when we're actually going to be doing our procurement exercises and building those relationships and understanding from both sides how much value we can get out from each other I think there's still quite a journey to do before that becomes you know in everybody's DNA across Wales. I think that's a really important point actually the disconnect between the strategic or the policy and, and the operational delivery I mean we're a delivery organisation that's what we do we don't write the policy that comes from from government and, and the environment that we work in um, so very often if we're out there procuring services we're under an awful lot of pressure to get things up and running quickly um, and we're under pressure to deliver good cost base and value for money in that sense. So I think that, I don't think there necessarily needs to be a tension between prioritizing um, responsible or um, socially inclusive providers and cost, but that perception definitely exists. So I'm, I'm interested, Rian, from your perspective, I, mean, I, I know where I feel the barriers are from um, <clears throat> a purchaser's point of view, but what, what are your customers what are your clients telling you were the barriers for them participating in, in some of these contract bids? In terms of the buyers or the social enterprises the social themselves? Social enterprises. The social enterprises themselves. Well, I think when you look at the makeup of the social enterprise sector, most social enterprises tend to be born around a very specific geographical area, for example. So sometimes the scale of the requirement might be outside of their um, ability to deliver. Now, again, you know, there's a really exciting opportunity there for consortia and collaborative models. But what tends to happen is the procurement process doesn't allow those relationships to be built. You know, you can't build strong commercial relationships with an organization within a four-week tender process it's just unrealistic absolutely I was going to uh, I was going to make that point as well we've we've just been through an insurance tender process and you know there's not many social business insurance <laughs> providers or if there are you know please let me know um, but we've built in so much into that tender process around social value you know community benefits which you're trying to get away from as a term but but the quality of some of the thinking that that had um you know unleashed if you like in these you know very plc type organizations was really really refreshing and things that we hadn't actually thought of so you've almost got to put the challenge out there yeah. to the private sector and they will you know their their thinking on this will evolve and actually although i'm not going to go into details because i don't think it's been announced but you know the most successful um company in that tender obviously they did great insurance deals as well but the thing that really made the difference for us is the quality of their thinking around social value and how they would instill that in our contract for over the next three years so it is a process of evolution, I think, as well. But we have a real role to play in in driving the thinking on this. Yeah, and, and I think Michelle's point about, you know, the private sector embracing this, that also presents some real opportunities for the social business sector. You know, there are so many social businesses out there that aren't able to bid for tier one, tier two contracts coming out from you guys as public sector bodies because the, the sheer scale of them. So actually the opportunity for those organisations is in the supply chain of the private sector contractors. Mm -hmm. So if you've got, if you're making a very clear social ask within your kind of tier one contract and you've got a kind of a private sector business that is embracing that, then a, a really 
good opportunity for them is by engaging social Absolutely. businesses within their supply chain Definitely. and you you guys then in terms of the work you're doing with us raising that visibility of those social enterprises you can be encouraging then your private sector contractors to then engage so the opportunities don't always Absolutely. necessarily come from you as in terms of being that principal buyer and I think that's really important across a range of sectors but for example the sector I work in the housing sector you know you analyze your spend and and the further up you get in terms of the bands you know of, of, of spend the fewer social businesses there are and obviously we're, we're going to be working with Rian to really review our supply chain and and identify those social businesses that we could be working with but the construction side of things for us you know we build homes we spend millions on construction and repairs and things and that's a really hard social business nut to crack if you like so mm. you know if we do build more into the contracts around their supply chains that's mm. really going to drive some things forward obviously we try to use local SMEs as much as we can and work with them and you know do lots of talks beforehand about the, t the tender process and our policies but we still have work to do to make sure that we're driving the change um, over the next few years as well. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's supply chain opportunities, but also I, I've been having some conversations recently, particularly with the construction sector, and I think one of the really interesting opportunities there is they are seeing their role in terms of working with social enterprises, not just about supply chain development, but also about enhancing the commercial nature of social businesses. So they've got, you know, people within their business that could be placed with a social business, for example, almost in a mentor relationship to look at or address particular aspects of the, that business, potentially going on to the the board you know social enterprises are always looking to enhance the commercial um, intellect and um, experience on their board so I think you know we, we are starting to see a shift as well about having more of a partnership relationship with the social business sector that can look at enhancing their um, commercial um, outputs as well. Okay you've talked a lot about procurement and the sort of the value social value of procuring with social enterprises social businesses does does social value go beyond procurement? Are there other things that organisations, particularly public sector organisations, could be doing to maximise their social value? I'm going to look at Bev now because you said you said earlier that you yes. don't do a lot of procurement, but still you've embedded social value in your... Well, you, we do procure. I, I'm just thinking in comparison with somebody like a local authority that, that, that is procuring on a daily basis almost. Um, I, I think so, where we've made a little bit more progress is probably in um, the way we deliver our products. And, and so, I mean, literally, we are an organisation that is here for economic development purposes. So it makes absolute sense for us um, to encourage businesses to be active on this agenda i think and try and try and lead by example so you know we've been long-term members of bitc sorry can you just explain who bitc are ah so um bitc business in the community thank you um and that they are the responsible business organization nationally um so, so we've been doing that for, for a long time and we measure our performance on a range of metrics and um at, at a very blunt um, level that is um, amount of money that we deploy into the Welsh economy. So last year we invested um, 80 million in, into SMEs um, across 400 investments. So you know it's it's good numbers. Um, and traditionally we've measured impact through the money that we put out there, the amount of private sector investment that that we generate on the back of what we're putting in, because very very often we're investing alongside the private sector um, and job creation. Job creation is valuable, but it isn't the 
total story. So this year, for the first time, we're, we're extending beyond those um, quite narrow range of metrics to look at some of these um, other areas, such as salary bans, um, uh, em employment by uh, male and female, and looking at that on a, a sector basis as, as well as on a company-by-company -company basis. Um, we're also looking at things like um, amount of waste diverted from landfill. We're looking at carbon emissions. We're looking at use of energy. So there are a range of measures that, that, that we're looking at um, that provide a little bit more colour to what we're doing. But, you know, the reality is we invest in businesses that are making a difference all of the time. Now, whether that is an employee-owned media business up in uh, North Wales, where the owner has um, literally sold or is giving away shares in his business as part of an employee ownership scheme, through to businesses who are developing real cutting-edge medical devices that are going to make a real global difference to, to people's lives in, in years to come. So... I think the challenge for us is to, because the, the range of what we deliver is so broad, everything from a £1,000 loan to a hairdresser to, you know, £5 million to one of these medical device businesses, it's trying to get our arms around all of that and really try and understand for all of these businesses, what are they doing that is making a difference either locally in the foundational economy or more broadly and, and making a difference at a global level. And that, that for us is quite challenging because you know we're not in a one-size-fits-all situation so how do we measure that how do we communicate that and I think for the businesses that we invest in they when they do take money from us and they repay that money goes back to support more businesses and I think there is that's something that we need to make more of I think in terms of our communication and how we communicate the impact that we have on the Welsh economy so the model that we're trying to operate to is a sustainable model because that that's the way we get best use from public funds so i think there are there are lots of ways that you can think of it in in a much more holistic way than than just in terms of procurement but i think i'm sure in the edit that um big pause after that question will be edited out but actually that's one that's one of the things really isn't it we almost freeze in the in in the headlights of that question how do you define you know how what are you doing that's um that's social value and i think our thinking will evolve we're, we're all doing lots and lots of things that will meet that criteria but we don't think of it in those ways so just for example at, at merthyr valley's homes you know we've introduced a living rent framework which is you know that nobody pays rent more than 28 percent of their household income mm. because that will have a social impact and a social value on that household, they'll have more money to spend in the local economy. They'll be able to afford to heat and eat their, you know, all of those kinds of things. We, we, we're a living wage employer, as we probably all are around the table. You know, nobody at Merthyr Valley's Homes is paid less than £10 an hour. And that has an impact on local economy, on social values, all of those kinds of things. You know, we're looking at living warmth and making sure that our heating systems eventually, over the next 10 years, are affordable for people. But we're also looking at zero evictions so our aim is to not evict people because you can quantify how much money it costs your business to evict somebody but there's a massive social cost and social impact primarily for that family or that person that you are making homeless through eviction but also all of the different services that that family will need then because we have evicted them because we haven't been able to work with people to solve issues uh, you know the public purse health social services you know prison police all sorts of things that come into the mix then so by having these policies that do have perhaps not a direct social value but at some point down the line 
you know that you're having a good social impact mm-hmm. they're the kinds of things that I think we need to get better at identifying and quantifying and qualifying and sometimes that's really difficult because I think, again, you know, people want to be able to make statements about social value um, numerically. And actually, how do you me- numerically um, quantify the impact of a service on somebody's life? You can't do it by writing a number down because actually one day a person felt like this, the next day they felt a little bit better because of something you've done. How do you actually write that down? And until we've got into that space where we're far more comfortable that actually we can put that forward as evidence into whatever kind of process we're looking at you know I think we would be shocked actually about actually how much social value is currently going on within Wales it's you know it I don't think it's not it's not something we need to be scared of at all and I always come back to that quote I think it's Einstein not everything that can be counted counts and not everything that counts can be counted so we've got a long way to go on being confident enough to say well we we can't we can't value this or we can't you know quantify this but we know it's having a good impact. So I'm going to f- finish up this podcast by asking each of you if you have got any tips or words of advice for um, organisations that are listening to this podcast who are interested in doing more on this agenda and, and maximising or increasing their social value. Um, Rian I'm going to start with you what, what are your words of wisdom i would say don't feel isolated speak to other organizations you know particularly if you're a a buyer um you know speak to other buyers speak to other organizations within your sector to kind of find out well how are you doing you know how are you doing this you know how could we do this better you know ultimately you know okay there might be a competitive environment but actually we're all here to deliver services to people in wales in some way shape or form and so i think there's an obligation really to you know to to talk um and and to use the advice that's out there as well there is a plethora of, of advice and actually in many ways it's it's counterproductive there's almost too much out there and because there's too much out there people don't actually know where to start um so again you know come and speak to us at, at social business connect i would say that obviously but you know come and speak to us because we can we can help you on that journey and we can give you a, a starting point that's relevant for your organization louise yeah certainly endorse Rianne's points all around collaboration and you know learning from other people people who have gone through it I think that's a massive message um certainly again from the activities that Transport for Wales has done you know the meet the buyer events certainly you know take a look online at you know Business Wales they promote those quite often in terms of what is going out there in the market and do those events that we are hosting just to get that you know direct engagement with ourselves and for us to you know broaden our understanding really of what's out there um, and again, with Business Wales, and we've already mentioned, you know, the tender specific kind of guidance around, you know, what is coming, what is the pipeline at Transport for Wales just now, um, and how best can they, you know, become more involved in any opportunities if they're uncertain, ask the question, obviously, through these routes, and then certainly, you know, take on board the opportunity to have that tender specific guidance and, and really, you know, understand our business a bit better. Bev? Um, I think I would say just start somewhere. Um, don't feel that you have to eat the elephant all in one go and if you're working in an organization that doesn't have this amazing um socially focused um procurement framework and 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 strategy um just choose a procurement that you feel you can have a a a, a social benefit with um build it in make sure it is scored make sure that um the people who are bidding on the contracts are clear about how you were going to score that and what value you place on it and then use that as a case study to encourage other parts of the business to, to get involved and um i think when you start somewhere then you you start to find that people will 
naturally want to get involved. Michelle? Uh, what everybody else said and um, definitely start the journey but start the journey together and start with that mutual respect um, you know at all levels in your organization to have mutual respect for the social enterprises that you can work with and also use that advice that's out there if we need legal services we go to a solicitor if we need fire um, precautions we go to somebody who's an expert in fire precautions use organizations like like social business connect we're having a fantastic journey with Rianne um, the help is out there. Start today. Thank you very much. Um, I'm just going to finish off by saying thank you to our panellists today, Rian Edwards, Michelle Reed, Beverly Downs and Louise Watkins. If you'd like to find out more about public sector procurement for social value, then you can visit wales.coop.